That is In Pulverum by Skylar Tsuda and Mike Duffy under the guise of Shield Your Eyes. It's off their album Three Masses, Volume 3. Check it out on Bandcamp. Um, I'm going to get uh, just a little intro out of the way here really quick and dive into what uh, what this episode is in a second. But uh, uh, nice to be talking at your ears again after bit of a bit of a break um it's been been ridiculous all of my time has been spent on doing things that uh that pay my bills pay the mortgage keep my cats fed keep myself fed i guess too so uh yeah plans are underway for next batch of interviews season blah 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 all that stuff that you know you may or may not be wondering about. Uh, if you're waiting on an email from me and you're hearing this right now, uh, I am aware that I have not responded. I'm just aware that I just want you to know and I, I love you and I'm sorry. Um, but I also know you understand because if we're talking, you're a mensch. You're a good person. But speaking of menches, reason for this episode is just found out few days ago that Skylar Tsuda has brain cancer. There's a fundraiser uh, to help him and Lena out through this very, very difficult time. And I just actually just saw an update that they posted. Got to see his face. He's talking a little bit, which is great. When I first read about it, he wasn't talking. Not very cognitive function, speech and everything. In the, I'm just going to say the word, the in the pooper is for some reason the way that my brain wanted to say that. Uh, so that's 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 nice to see. It's nice to see, you know, but I think a lot of us know that that doesn't mean that it's any easier of an road going forward. Everything that needs to be done, the strength, the humor, the support, and everything that needs to happen in these situations... Um, and just the constant living, right? You know, so Skyler, you know, I'll, I'll say, I'll say, say this, you know, cancer's popped up a lot of times in my life among loved ones, family, dear, dear friends, um, and people that have impacted me in different ways. It just kind of seems to, to be there, um, you know, there's, there's, I uh, just read something the other day that, you know, we, we, we live our lives blinding ourselves to these types of things. And then slowly and surely as we go on, they happen just as they happen to everybody else. It's a good, humble reminder sometimes. Skylar definitely impacted me, though. I, I revisited this chat quite a few times since, uh, since uh, published it or aired it or whatever it is. And uh, it came at a very, it, 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 what I look at now as a very important time. We, we connected about metal and grunge and stuff. And, and this was at a time when I, I was kind of struggling with the idea with the, you know, like the, can metal and opera kind of coexist in my life, rewriting stuff for myself. You know, does it make me more or less of an artist to want to explore a different genre other than the one that I had been dedicated to and studying for 15 years and then 
Skyler came along and quiet, patient, kind, insanely friggin' smart, fascinating. Got to learn what makes him tick a little bit, what got him ticking in the first place. And, and then, you know, I think it was shortly after that, I emailed John Zorn about a, uh, about his, uh, was it the, the moon child asking if there was a score and his response was no. And I don't think there will be because Mike Patton is doing other things. That was his. And then we had a little back and forth. It was nice, but, but for some reason, I chat with Skyler, emboldened me to email John Zorn. So thank you for that, Skyler, <laughs> among other things. So there is a fundraiser. Uh, they are they have met their $25,000 goal. They added another 10000 so the new goal is $35,000. As always in these situations, every little bit counts. If you are hesitant to give $20 to a stranger. That's what this episode is for. Get to know Skylar. Because once you do, $20 will probably turn into 50 if you can afford it, or 1000 500000 I don't know. I don't know what your pocketbook looks like. I don't know what your parents' money looks like. But you'll like them. I hope you like them. I like them. I like them a lot, even though we've only talked once. So... I hope this helps, and if it doesn't, I hope that uh, this is a nice conversation for your ears and weird sounds. There's a lot of harsh ones in this one, Uh, so have fun. Enjoy. Talk to you soon. This is my chat with Skylar Tudor. Skylar Tsuda here. Um, kind of, uh, this, this is actually my first interview for the second season. So uh, um, if I'm a little bit rusty and lazy, uh, I, I guess I apologize, but also, um, what are you going to do? So, <laughs> welcome to Is This Music? Um, and I'm really excited to have you. You know, that this is actually, you know, the first time that we're, we're meeting and conversing and everything. So, um, it's kind of nice to have this, this. Actually, this is my first time with like a little list of questions just in case because, nice. um, you know, yeah, well, I have, I have, you're fascinating. Your work is very fascinating to me. So, um, yeah, let's, let's start off with, you know, do you mind just kind of describing a little bit like wh- what you do? What's your practice? How do you fit into this whole new music scene? 
Sure. Uh, so I got my doctorate uh, from the University of Minnesota. I studied with James Dillon. So he's he he's been kind of my my primor, primary mentor from that time period and on to this day. You know, uh, um, even though we don't stay in close contact as much, I still have hit all of his um, you know all, all of the lessons that he um, he gave me while I was there. Uh, and it just kind of changed the way I, I looked at music in general. Um, but I can also, um, I guess I can also talk a little bit about, um, uh, kind of exploring the more, um, Im improv side of experimental music. Um, so I started kind of, um, I linked up with a, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, Michael Duffy, and I think 2008 is when we fo we formed a duo together uh, called Shield Your Eyes, and um, I'm sure we're going to get to that part of things a little bit later oh, down yeah, the road. We but we're going to get to it. <laughs> but uh, you know, that's been a, a big part of my life as well. So um, uh, I'm big into improvisation, um, and it, it's it's. I guess more than anything, it's it's kind of a um, a different context of experimental music, right? It's sort of like DIY, strange spaces and um, uh, unusual kind of performances. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do 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 you kind of um, do you put the 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 improviser and the composer kind of roles in the same? you know are those kind of together for you or, or are those kind of separated do you think um i that's it's kind of a hard it, it's hard to answer that one because they it, they're sort of both so um of course when i'm improvising i'm not i wouldn't consider much of that composing unless it's like some kind of very specific type of um, structure that I'm going for. But when I'm composing, um, I have a, I have a kind of a specific process. So I'll comp I will 99% of the time compose for um, instruments that I can actually physically get my hands on. And there will be a kind of a, a, a an early sort of phase where I am experimenting on the instruments. Um, and a lot of that involves improvisation, of course. I might have some sort of idea about what kinds of sonic palette I'm going for um, and then explore that. And uh, a lot of it is going to have um, some sort of link to physics and the way instruments just work right yeah, how a yeah. string vibrates or how um uh like a saxophone um and the player him or herself is going to produce a sound and then um uh sort of interfere with that sound um so I guess that's all to say that there's, it's like sort of a part of the process and then 
um, there's kind of the process of really like getting away from that when I have all the materials kind of laid out and I'm composing. So I'm just making decisions that are not in real time, right? I'm making decisions based on what I know in terms of like what sounds are going to go together or what phrases are going to go together uh, in terms of like just being simultaneous or what things are going to be like a sequence. So it's, it's just a lot of like kind of puzzle fitting at that point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, that kind of gets my, my brain going a couple different directions already. Um, you know, the, the first, you know, I'm, I'm pretty new to like improvising and everything. This summer was like sure. kind of the first time that I did something, you know, like a full piece of Im improvisation instead of just, you know, little things here or there and everything. Yeah. Um, and what struck struck what struck me is this kind of because uh, it was terrifying at first. You know, it's kind of like stand up yeah. or something. It's just something right. that like I, mean, I could be on stage all day, but you put me in that situation, and suddenly the nerves get in. You know, right? But um, but there, there's there's a little bit of a connection between you know if you like you know, as a singer, you it's kind of being like a, a you're the instrument and the instrumentalist. You know, at the same time, and so. Yeah, you know, like like a I don't know like a, a piano player doesn't like innately need to think about the piano while they're playing the piano, you right. know like it's yeah. not just going to disappear or if you sneeze the piano doesn't shift five feet like right. you know like the structure stays the same in the, in yeah. the moment you know yeah. um, but with the voice is different and and it is a very similar thing to that I found uh, being improviser and and perform i guess almost composer performer in the imp improvisation you know right. um and having that in the same moment that like you you have to really straddle this line of um you know ma making sure that what you're what you're doing is is maybe within your uh, using quotes here ability you know it doesn't need to be sure. like, it's like structured perfection but you know you want something to come out Right, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Um, so you have to know yourself in that way, but at the same time, erase kind of that inhibition of is this going to be all right? Is this going to be good? Is this match? You know what I would do, like you said. Uh, you know, if I was planning this out, if I was mapping this out, you know, um, and getting those intentions out. Um, but for you, there's there's really it, it seems that there's now there's there's all three at once. You know, improviser, performer, and and composer. You know, and this, this, um, this idea of like having to have your hands on an instrument when you're composing. Yeah. You know, so that I imagine that that like is regardless of your previous experience of that instrument. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Because the way you know the way I'm approaching an instrument is not coming from like this is the repertoire, and you know that's kind of dictating what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at it from like a completely like different sort of starting point. It's like physically, what is this possible? What, what is, what physically, what is possible on this instrument? Like in terms of like physics, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and then the tech, the technique actually comes from that. And, you know, it's like a, the, the kind of, traditional conservatory technique it, all all that information helps um i'm not going to say like you know uh, i'm some kind of virtuoso because i'm not but 
but um, kind of understanding like how to vibrate a string a certain way and then a different, totally different way and then a totally different way. And then seeing how those three things interact with each other um, and then trying to like manipulate your technique so that you can get those three things to kind of be stable enough so that they just sort of kind of float in place. That takes a certain kind of, I don't know, you could call it virtuosity, but you have to just be sensitive to it, right? Yeah, exactly. It's just like anything. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's, I mean, I mean and there's, there's, you know, maybe a, a pitfall of this, of this genre for performers, you know, that maybe haven't, you know, kind of played around with it and everything. Right. Is there, I mean, like complexity does, you know, complexity lends itself to, you know, virtuosity, right? Like it's, Right. At some level, you need to have a, a very advanced, um, at least, you know, sensation of rhythm and pulse and everything like that, you know, um, yeah. and you need to have a command of your instrument. Um, but, you know, it's the further I get into this style of music, you know, the more I find, you know, these, these beautiful examples of artists who are like, yeah, I came into this instrument that I form on primarily now it came into it as an adult you know mm, like this yeah. is not my instrument from birth you know or whatever from my right. first musical experience yeah i just stumbled across it and found that i can express you know with this you know better than right. whatever you know um so it, yeah so again this kind of it's it's a bit ambiguous you know of of where does complexity and virtuosity and knowledge of your instrument like where does that start intersecting with you know just just being innately kind of musical and artistic and, you know, creative and getting those inhibitions out. Um, and I hear that a lot. I hear that a lot in, you know, the music that, that you sent me and, and starting to, you know, dig into what you're doing. Um, you know, I mean, it's complexity, like galore, <laughs> like, and it's um, maybe not quite so apparent so so now i'm i'm, I'm thinking of um and we can wrap this into the kind of what how you view ex experimentalism sure. you know um but now I'm, I'm thinking kind of, of of like these soundscapes you know these kind of i mean um these kind of feedback loops and static you know and just these walls of sound that seem to kind of build up and decay sometimes at the same time yeah <laughs> it seems like you know where it's it's the nuance in that sound um you know, where it might sound just like a wall, your ear starts like picking out these little things that are changing and moving and sure. replacing other parts. So very complex um, and, and everything. So, so how does, yeah, can, can we go into that, that, that world a little bit? Um, uh, yeah. What's, what's your definition of, of ex yeah, experimentation in music? Um, and then we'll kind of sidestep into how that got you working with, yeah, feedback and all, sure. all sorts of stuff. You're going to describe it better than me. <laughs> okay. Um, so I guess you, you can kind of think of it in a couple of different ways. Um, um, so experimental music, you could kind of look at it as a, like a genre or a style. Um, and you know, that's totally valid. It's sort of like you can kind of generally think about 
taking what's sort of mainstream or like traditional and then turning maybe not necessarily everything on its head, but turning little bits and pieces on its head um, to sort of kind of push against that. Right. Yeah. Um, for me personally, and this is like not to kind of make any sort of judgment on any, anyone else who does experimental music, but um, what I, what I'm looking for in my own practice is um, something that is that just hasn't been like either sort of done before or not exploited to the like the point that i'm going to exploit exploit that thing you know and a lot of it is just like um i always kind of come back to the idea of interferences um where one sort of like oscillation and then another oscillation um going on at the same time you know if they're sort of like doing the same type of thing they're maybe amplifying each other but if they're doing something like this one's going like at certain speed and this one's going at a different speed they're sometimes fighting against each other and sometimes amplifying each other but it also there's this um this idea of interferences is, is also sort of like a psychological one too in performance so if you're asking a performer to do a certain thing but um or to, to produce a certain sound for example but the way you're asking them to perform it is never going to produce that sound then you have this sort of combat in your head right because you want you as a performer you want to like achieve this this ultimate goal that's sort of like laid out for you on the score but there's something beautiful about trying to get there but not quite getting there right and yeah. you hear all the little like imperfections that arise from it yeah yeah this um i think this this uh actually came out it came up with uh, uh, when I was talking with with Kyle Hutchins um, yeah. in the last episode, but like with like Takasugi, Stephen Takasugi, I think is a good example. You know, it, it's an example of this where like everything is so dictated. You know, everything's yeah. so dictated, and it's and it's you're not going to get it. Like you're just you're, it's right. going to be impossible. But there's you know with with how he works, which which I actually really like. I mean, like. Um, the, there's a f quite a few times in preparing some of his pieces where like I was doing it wrong, but he liked it. You know, like it was it was oh, it was cool. a it was like a logical user error kind of thing. Yeah. You know, it's like well, I can't do this rhythm. <laughs> you know, with yeah. what you're asking me to do, my instrument is not doing it. You know, I'm right, trying. right. And he's like, oh, actually, you know what? And you know, sure enough, you know, then you know, a couple of weeks later, I get a you know the next edition of the score, and my mistake is in ink. You know, oh, wow. kind of, yeah, and <laughs> he, cool. he just replaces it, and and um, where I think it's cool because it's it's yeah, it's um, acknowledging this, yeah, this, this this really human desire. Like we're we're all trying our best, and we with the style yeah. of music, you know, we're we're just we're we're trying to get the intention across, and that's that is a, a theme that comes up again and again, um, in these in these conversations. But but yeah, what 
what happens if, if if you can't and that's i mean and that's that's a i think one of the more aesthetic kind of questions of this style of music is what happens yeah sure exactly <laughs> let's find <laughs> out and then let's record it and go on from there you know um you know so so that's yeah and that, that concept of interference um that can kind of make us pivot so so yeah, in my mind, interference and like this static, what I'm perceiving as a static sound, and I'm thinking maybe more with uh, Shield Your Eyes. Um, sure. You know, more specifically, we'll start there. Um, you know, this, what I'm defining for myself, what I'm perceiving as, as static um, and interference is, is a great way, you know, it's like a signal interference, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Um, you know, and then also knowing that it's a two-person project, you're feeding off each other, you're improvising off each other, you're creating and taking away together. Um, how does that? Where where did where did that come from? When when did for you? When did when did your brain go? Now this is this this is the music that I need to start exploring. Uh so I mean because it's a two-person project, it was always kind of. Um, sort of not it it sort of just emerged because because it's also improvisatory right but um i would say that mike and i are just it's sort of like when you form a band and maybe not everybody in the band gets along but like you and the drummer just like click right yeah it's yeah. it's just been like that with me and mike from the beginning where it's like we He's just somebody where we never we can we can like not speak for thirty minutes, but every single move that either one of us does, we can kind of uh, uh, know what it means and know know sort of like where we can sort of divert our attention into another branch of things. just been sort of like that from the very beginning and we've kind of evolved together as well uh um too i think when we were first starting out we were just sort of um i think we we're both influenced by a lot of the same 
groups. Like we really liked a lot of the Japanese noise bands and a lot of extreme music. Um, name drop anything that, that you remember listening to around that time? Um, like uh, Mertzbau is, is kind of the obvious one. I really liked Aube, who's uh, not, I guess, not not discussed too much, but he's um, he's a really interesting um, experiment. Well, he was, he passed away. He's an experiment. He's a good experimental um, uh, musician, I guess. Um, so he would have, he had like so many albums that he put out, but each album had a theme and the theme was a type of material So the whatever material he chose, like one album is just uh, all chain sounds. Um, you know, there's another album that's like um, pages from the book. It's like pages from the Bible that yeah. he recorded. Um, it kind of hit me because because there's I, I, hear, I hear a lot of that kind of like uh, um, everyday noise in, in some of your other work, too. You know, very metallic. Sure. Um, you know, almost like I mean, we're, I can't quite pinpoint like what is being played, but it sounds a lot of times like a household object. <laughs> like I can, yeah, you know. So, um, you know, and watching kind of a you know one of your videos of, of you know kind of building and everything, like yeah, that, that part of the performance, which we will also get into because that's fascinating. Okay. Um, you know, but yeah, there's something you know that watching you build as part of music, you know, is yeah, just kind of. Um, it, it almost seems domestic, you know, like yeah. this is, yeah, this is something that, you know, I'm going, you know, that, that I can, uh, imagine just being created in a bedroom, in a basement, you know, sure. like with the things around you, um, it's fascinating. So, yeah. So this, this idea of, of there being a theme of sound, you know, yeah. and maybe that, that maybe that's chain mail, maybe that's a book, maybe yeah. it's a pencil, who knows, but, um, that's, that's, I kind of like um, I kind of like sort of stripping things back in, into the like uh, the elemental. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know exactly where I'm going to go with this, but it's it's sort of like kind of take away, you know, the more sophisticated things that we have in music, like complex rhythms, complex uh, uh, melodies, or you know, uh, harmony. And, you know, kind of left with, okay, what, what can we do with uh, a file and a piece of metal that's amplified, right? Yeah. Um, 
and you know see what you can do with just like tapping it but tapping it just so lightly that it's almost like um like the nerves in your fingers are just firing just a little bit and you can't actually see your hand moving you know oh cool oh i do yeah that's yeah that's neat well that's it's so playful like it's yeah i mean it's it's just a simple idea Mm -hmm. right anybody can do it you can tell that to a kid and they can create music with it like see how little you can actually move and create some sound yeah I bet they they respond. I mean, like one one of the one of the tracks you sent me, um, you said it was it, it was actually an improvisation for a group of elementary school kids. Like, oh yeah, so that that was uh, it was for a, a summer STEM program. Mm-hmm. So we Mike and I performed uh, with these sort of like DIY sort of instruments that um, we. Uh, built ourselves and kind of explained afterwards, like how you could make things yourself and, and, you know, play around with the same types of ideas. Yeah. And yeah. Were the, I mean, were the kids receptive? Like, what was that? Yeah. Like? yeah. That was like, uh, to be honest, that was like one of the better performances we did another <laughs> day. That was, Oh man, we just, uh, the kids were just not feeling it. And it was just a weird, it was like a weird kind of context too, because this one day, this, like the entire, uh, school, um, got called into the, like the, I don't know what you call it, Um, like the lunchroom, uh-huh. they had no idea what was going to happen. And all of a sudden we're performing in front of them and they're like, what is going, on? going on? You're like, bleep, yeah. bleep, bleep, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's always a degree with the more complex the music, like where it's you know you have to kind of uh, it has to be you have to know that it's coming maybe a little bit, you yeah. know, even if you're ten years old, eleven years old, like you know a little bit of forewarning, like uh, um, yeah, since you do some like like you know electro pops up, you know the band Suicide, at all? Uh, uh, I I know the name. I haven't really listened to. I I like watched a documentary. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, it's just, you know, one, one thing that like, always comes, like, plagues them throughout their entire yeah. career is that, like, they had such a tough time getting their career off the ground because people kept on making them the, um, like, the opening act, you know? Oh, okay. And so people would, like, be coming to see, you know... I mean, they become, I mean, like, they'd open up for, like, the Ramones, you know? And it's like, okay, oh, I'm going to yeah. go see the Ramones. And then you get this, like, super minimalist, like, barely sung synth goth pop. And yeah. Like, well, I'm going home. I'm, like, this is a waste <laughs> of a ticket. Like, this is not sure. the vibe I asked for, you know? So it's may, maybe, maybe the, maybe the kids were, were expecting some, I don't know. Do they, what, what's, I don't know what. Yeah, sixth graders listen to, fourth graders listen to. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> it's probably cooler than than what I think they actually listen to. I bet. Like kids always, I always have like students come in for like my voice studio. You know, like you know, and um, and most of the time I'm like, can I hang out with your parents? Because like, yeah, the songs that you're describing to me like is what I would want to listen to now, which means they're listening to it. Like, let's. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like they're probably cool. Um, anyways, that was that was uh, that was a tangent. But anyways, you know, so yeah, so you got you got your noise and everything, you know, and so kind of following this this thread of like some of this more yeah noise noise bands and kind of more extreme, you know, and when you say extreme, because um, I when I when. When I think of extreme, I, I think I think more like kind of like metal, like extreme, like yeah, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Is that what you mean too? Like kind of yeah. I mean, I, both Mike and I are are you know very much influenced by uh, extreme extreme metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Any any names that pop out of the top of your head for that? Um, well, let's see. We both love High on Fire. Yeah, you you like. Oh them? yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. no, I, I'm like, yeah. I'm in the deep end with. I've always loved metal, but like, uh, I'm I'm right now. I'm like in this like resurgence of. Nice. You know of like, rediscovering like you know all these different subgenres instead of you know just uh, the ten you know kind of uh, whatever nostalgic bands. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? right, right. It's like it's what I grew up with. So yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm like, in the middle of a year long rejourneying into all the heads. Nice. So um but, but even yeah. like, you know, like uh, a lot of the grunge bands like I, I love Nirvana. I still mm -hmm. like love what, what they did. Um uh you know converge. The, the, the uh, I can't remember the singer's name, but his label uh, was it. Is that Death Wish? I think uh, is, is his label. It, the, they're like leading the charge with some like 
crazy. I mean, that, I think that that's who's putting out. Um, do you know Deaf Heaven at all? Okay, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's putting out yeah. their stuff. You know, last couple albums and like it's a lot of that kind of like weird mix of like black metal and shoegaze that's going on nice. <laughs> like right now, like really you know heavily. Um, yeah, so yeah, I love love Converge, and then I just recently kind of discovered that there's there's a that label is attached and everything and there's a whole bunch of cool stuff but nice um yeah so all right so that's influencing that now now can we maybe that, let's mm-hmm. let's maybe pivot a little bit into um yeah into into more of like your strictly composition like sure. you know stuff for other people <laughs> kind of stuff yeah you know um, so what, what, what influences you there? You know, you said, you said that, that James Dillon kind of turned and pivoted how you view maybe composition or kind of what you're capable of, you know, or what, right. you, you know, what, what was how you're able to kind of get the sounds out of your head. Um, so can you kind of paint maybe like, a um, yeah, maybe like a before after image, you know, kind of thing where, where did you come from as a composer and where are you now? Sure. I mean, I guess you know the before part would be sort of i was just really interested in like score studying and just looking at you know um just a lot of repertoire um and i that sort of led me down this kind of route where I was sort of picking and choosing things that I liked from like, you know, Ligeti or, mm-hmm. you know, whoever, um, didn't matter who. And James Dillon was like, I had one of my first lessons. He was like, it's like you're ordering from a buffet, <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's very <And> James. <laughs> so he sent me home and, uh, and I really thought about it and it was like, okay, damn. Um, yeah. And it, it just, it was a long process of just like pushing me to just think for myself, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, just because it works for XYZ composer doesn't mean it's like your thing. And what, what did you, what did you kind of, um, what, what did you, what did that make you stumble into? Um, doing a lot of experiments, um, on instruments and awesome. kind All of, right. um, I mean, that didn't come from nowhere. Like, there's always influences, you know, matter, right. no matter, like, how original you, you think you are, right? So, a lot of that came from, um, I, I just love, like, Romanian spectral music mm-hmm. and, um, and the French spectral music as well. Uh, are, are you familiar at all? I mean, with the terms. Actually, yeah, you mind yeah. kind of maybe defining that a little bit more? I'm not so, really in, in like kind of um very simplistic terms spectral music came out of the 70s uh independent independently from these two sort of general areas france and romania um and the the idea behind both of them was that the composers wanted to explore sort of the inside of sound like under a microscope Mm. so it's sort of like you know it's kind of very similar to what i described it for like you strip away everything and and then you just look at a tone and what kind of makes up the tone 
Yeah. And then you kind of get into the harmonic series and the, how do you ma manipulate the harmonic series and what sort of like natural things that you can do to sort of influence the harmonic series. mentioned physics quite a few times very yeah. math centric do you have a kind of a, do you have a background there at all or is this, this kind of an interest that follows no, the proposition it's just, yeah it's just a, an interest that comes from from you know my interest in, in music and instruments cool. and performance yeah that's cool well and it also it's like you know like a sea's not a sea you know like you know there's there's all this uh all this stuff around it, you know, the yeah, acoustics, formants, you know, yeah, yeah, the science of sound, you know, is is all over, and like that's, I mean, I think it, it, it's we take it for granted that there is there's this very marvelous world that you can think of um, that answers like why does a C on a on a saxophone sound different than a trumpet, you know? Sure. And everything like it's there's there's all these answers that you can explore and then and then start maybe i mean maybe not saxophone maybe saxophone and trumpet i don't know but you know but then maybe even start exploring well how do we get them to to meet up you know like what, what yeah. needs to happen for them to, to actually live in for those two notes to live in the same spot right you know, and, and everything so um yeah that's 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 pretty fascinating so so you got you you started finding you know this this kind of way forward you know finding this interest of of yeah um, spectral music and, and going in like it's cool that there's like so there, it gets as specific as like you know I mean it's like Romanian spectral music is 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 there a huge difference between that and French like yeah so I'd there... imagine so since you said both of them <laughs> yeah so I mean the Romanians were a little bit more. Um... I think you could say uh, more sort of hands-on with the instruments and they were doing a lot of what I do in my practice, which is uh, sort of see how you can make like a cello sound completely not like a cello, you know, and just through like natural things, not, not like, I mean, sometimes they might prepare strings, but it's just technique yeah yeah and that's cool that's it, you know i i always i always define technique as as a passive thing you know yeah um and everything like this is stuff that you're not thinking about um in the moment so i, I think it's always um it's always fascinating for me for, for you know to kind of like because we often think about technique as an active thing like sure. what is the technique needed to accomplish xyz you know this piece of music whatever right. um but but yeah, so just that, like, like you know, like, like what you just said, like it's a technique, you know, um, is is kind of fascinating to think about. Like, well, what did that, what would that feel like to have that be actually passive, like to live in, and maybe you know this, like you know, to the kind of live in a world where like you can, you know, just innately look at an instrument or um, think about a sound and start thinking about the, all the different layers that go into it, you know. Yeah. Um, is is that something that that is now natural for you? I mean, I, I guess it just depends. Like, 
if you were to say, okay, I want um, a certain kind of sound, it's got to be like this kind of multiphonic, um, let's just say the cello, because I'm familiar. Um, uh, it's got to be this sort of multiphonic. And then, you know, it sort of has to have some, this metallic element in the high partials. Like I could, I can do that. I mean, that's like not really an issue. I could create that from what I've um, uh, experienced and, and oh. experimented with. Yeah. So it is just kind of like this Rolodex of different layers yeah. of sound that kind of happens. Right. Um, so do you have like a piece in mind that maybe, uh, you know, kind of, you know, demonstrates this, this uh, method, like a piece of your own? Um, yeah, sure. Um, Kado, The Way of Flowers, that's the um, solo cello piece. So yeah, that um, that piece is actually my favorite one of like my compositions, um, and I was I was really um, working on like, again. It's the same sort of thing where you have these different. Um, methods of actuation so like you know bowing the string and then you know having some kind of pulsation going on a different plane you know sort of going this way and pulsating this way and then you know maybe something else on top of that um and then i started to get into well what if i do that on one string and then while that string is sort of ending a phrase, I come in with the next string doing something else with two other things going on. So it becomes this sort of like crazy, um, I guess you could call it polyphony mm -hmm. that's going on with these multiple streams. Um, and I think it's, it's one of those like, I hope it's surprising to people, but at least unexpected. Mm -hmm. And at like the the very best I could expect is you, you come away thinking like, 
how is that even physically possible to do you know yeah i think th- i think it gets that <laughs> i definitely thought that <laughs> you know uh that element of what is going on you know which which is also you know interesting you know, it's there's a lot of like there's kind of a meditative quality that comes that, that sure with your work you know this this is something to you know this is a sit down and listen kind of music yeah you know like uh and um and also it you know it struck me that like you know there's um you know that in the shield your eyes you know the i think that those last most recent recordings were labeled as was it even as masses you know oh yeah three yeah. three masses three yeah. masses um and then this element that you were just describing of of this like this wonder and you know yeah there's this kind of wonder element to the music sure, how yeah. is that possible what's what's going on you know um you know it also it all kind of points in this kind of you know a little bit of you know you know spiritual direction and and, and everything like is is that an element that comes into your music consciously or is that you know yeah i always i always i tend to have a lot of ores in my questions i should just ask the question is no, that so let's back up. Is that something <laughs> that comes that's, that comes across consciously? Is that part of it? I mean, I guess I, I would say uh, it's definitely meditative. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it's sort of a lot of it is just kind of, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. Um, especially in the Im- Im- improvised uh, pieces, it's sort of, you know, you, you're just like really in the moment, you know, it's, um, things are kind of in breath time, I guess you'd say. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Breath time. Yeah. That's nice. And, and sometimes I, you know, I'm doing things to sort of subvert that to sort of like make things a little bit too long or silence is a little bit too long. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am always maybe not necessarily thinking directly but i'm always sort of aware of how uh, things are being experienced in actual time yeah. you know and how how it's sort of like pulling you back or like pushing you forward into something else yeah yeah there's a, a degree of um self-awareness that that you know for the listener you know yeah. with, with your music where it's you know yeah it's you know you're gonna hunker down with the with this music and everything. Yeah. It's it's good to be a little bit aware of like what's going through your own head as you're listening to it. Like you know, um, which which uh, it, this style, you know, this this whatever whatever it is genre, new music in general, things that I cannot like go in with an expectation. You know, sure. that type of music. That's that's my favorite part is that I can expect that like that I'm gonna at some point have to if my mind wanders, you know, a little bit or something, yeah. like I'm going to have to like have that thought of like, where am I going? You know, like, where am yeah. I going? I'm going to like, let's, let's bring it back. Let's kind of get back to the self, get back to the moment. Um, you know, and that's, yeah, that's, that's, I definitely had that experience listening to your work. So, um, you're a metal guy. That's cool. Uh, everything, you know, you got all that. Um, mentioned Nirvana. I imagine that you probably found Nirvana earlier on 
right? Sure, I'm yeah. Guessing we're about the same age. How old are you? I'm 41. 41. Oh, okay. Well, I'm I'm a bit younger than you, then. But uh, um, but still, I mean, like that's that's a pivotal pivotal age when you know Nirvana like started coming yeah. out, you know, and everything. So. Um, can you walk me through a little bit of a trajectory? Like, like what, what, what do you remember listening to? And you're like, Oh, this is my music. Like this is, you know, when you found that like first, like nugget of ownership over something you were listening to. Um, I mean, I guess I could just easily say Nirvana. I mean, it's like when I, I mean, when, um, that nevermind was my first CD Mm. and, um, I so had my CD player. We got CD from the store. Put on my headphones in the car. Turned on the first track and was like, "Whoa, what the hell's going on?" <laughs> it's like I, it just like the fidelity and then like just how awesome it sounded just like blew my mind. I just thought they were like there in the car for a second. Mm. Uh, interesting that yeah. you mentioned the fidelity right there, because that is a, that is a very special part about that album. Like, yeah. it's not just the songs, it's not just Kurt's voice. Like, it's the production of it. Sure, yeah. Very unique um, and standalone. You know, when you listen to some of those other, you know, some of the other contemporary albums at the time. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, so that makes sense. You know where where you ended up and everything. Like you're still thinking about fidelity. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. I so so where from there? So you got yeah, you got Nirvana. You know, you got your denim flannel shirts and, <laughs> and everything, right? Um. What so what 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 kind of comes next? Uh, like fast forward to today or yeah, I know. Uh, I mean, you well, know, I mean, wherever you want to go and everything, like like anything, you know. And the, the way I always think of it is like something got us through high school, right? Yeah. <laughs> something, you know, which Nirvana. Um, so something gets us through high school, you know, because we, we latch onto it and we go, you know, like, like I said, like get some ownership, you know, yeah. over it. Like this is mine, you know, and if you don't like it, then you're not worth me, <laughs> you yeah. know, like and everything. So there's that. And then, you know, and then from there, um, you know, the next band, you know, is it's kind of like it, it just that that's what starts getting the identity going, you know. Yeah. Um, and everything. So so yeah, so I guess like what what comes after what comes after Nirvana, you know, and how does and also you know side kind of thing is like how does how does classical fit into this? Like, you know Well let me um let me kind of jump forward into um so when I was doing my undergraduate work you know, I was kind of curious about, you know, new music. Um, of course, like what I understood as new music was like early 20th century, which is fine. You know, that's, there's some great stuff there. Um, but my composition teacher um, brought in one of his former students. I, I can't exactly remember his name anymore, but um, his, so his student became a composer and he just came in to kind of walk our class through like 
the music of today and living composers. Oh, cool. And these were all composers I'd never heard of. And kind of the gut reaction is sort of like, you know, any sort of young music conservatory person. It's like, oh, that's crazy, whatever. But like um, we were listening to all these pieces and it really kind of struck a chord with me like no pun intended Uh, and i i just was it's like wow this is really fascinating stuff and even though that guy it sounds like really fanatic and kind of crazy like i'm really curious about about these these new composers and what they're doing and like what exactly do the scores look like like what's what's going on here Mm -hmm. and so i um got his email and I, I contacted him about it and just kind of got him to kind of make me a lit, like a listening list, you know, like who, who are the, where are the composers I need to be listening to right now? And where are they teaching? Oh yeah. Cool. That's, yeah. Hey, that, that, that's an element that doesn't come up. That's, that's very true. Like where are they teaching? Where are they right now? Yeah. They're alive. They're doing things. Right. Um, is that anybody off that list that you remember that? Well, I definitely heard about James Dillon for the first time through him. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I was very excited when I got accepted to the university of Minnesota and, and, uh, I guess they, at that point they just hired him, I think. Yeah, yeah. So any anybody that anybody else that kind of goes, I mean, like what got you? What got you from Nirvana to you know, like extreme noise rock metal um, music? You know, that's, yeah. From Nevermind to Cannibal Corpse seems a little bit. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I I was like fanatic about Metallica in high school, uh-huh. but then. For, I don't even know like really how I think it was like I was listening to a lot of Ingve Malmsteen there i was getting into all these swedish bands mm-hmm. um so i was like getting into power metal then like swedish death metal and black metal um, that, that's yeah. that's logical you know cause yeah anyway, like he it gets like that's basically guitar concertos with distortion you know right like, right, it's, right you know it's it's some really um you know it's it's really classically based you know i guess i mean however you want to describe it kind of metal rock yeah whatever you know um but but with you but also with the same form and everything like that same kind of function but yeah. then yeah right next door if you're thinking sweden you know if, if you're if you're living with it with any guitar in sweden like it's gonna be very quick 
to death metal land. Like, right. You know, like you're, you're in the backyard right there. So, yeah. Um, that makes it, which also has a lot of, I think a lot of structure and form, um, you know, in common with, with classical music, you know? And so if you're coming from, right. You know, from, from that, like it's, it's really easy. Yeah. For, for me, it was the Metallica, the S and M album that, you know, oh, okay. the, yeah. Like that was cause I was my first instrument was violin. And so, but my dad would pick me up and we'd be listen to from violin lessons. And he'd be listening to Metallica, like full stop, like just hmm. Metallica all the time. Nice. And so, yeah. So when they came out with that, I was like, what, this is what's in my head. Like, this is yeah. exactly it, you know? So it just always, it always merged to me for some reason. Yeah. Um, all right, so then yeah, so then you get death metal. Like, you have any favorite favorites in that genre at all? For death metal, like maybe I would maybe I would like listen to Bathory, and then for black metal, I would say like Emperor. I always loved, um, and Emperor Emperor's riffs really remind me of like um, a lot of the Shostakovich stuff. It's just like very to me it's just so similar. I do like a band called Hypocrisy. Uh, they're kind of a death black metal band. Hypocrisy. Actually, they're they're yeah, they're my favorite death metal band. Yeah, I would yeah. throw them on. I'd throw them on. This is all right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be it'll be our first first death metal nice. black metal on the on the show. But you know. Uh, yeah i mean but that's the thing like it's like we're, how do we get you know like none of us you know i mean it's the same with it with any with any genre of music you know if the, if i was interested in you know pop music which you also do pop music yeah so we gotta get into that a little bit but if i was if i was doing this show on pop music like it'd be the same thing like you know you don't you're not just born and then gonna make some bubble gum like something yeah. influences you you get there um and sometimes that's just as complex of a <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, yeah, that that's a cool thing. So yeah, so starting with grunge, what what was your fa- first instrument? What was your like your primary guitar? Guitar, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so that, I mean, that this this is not surprising. <laughs> not a surprising lineage, yeah. and that's, that's good. Um, but what is surprising, though, is the pop, the, the pop side. Okay. You know, and, and yeah. that, um, I mean, it's good, it's catchy. It's really catchy, and so it's and but also like it's um, yeah. I I guess what the, the genre you sent did I was not aware of. So so can you kind of just describe your electro pop side? music i love synth pop and dark wave and goth dark wave that um, was the yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so what, what are uh, some other bands in that genre dark wave that i'm not familiar with um one of the like more recent bands i would consider dark wave would be trust mm-hmm. i like i like them a lot It's sort of like a, a darker synth pop. Yeah. Like, kind of goth influenced. Mm-hmm. Um, Boy Harsher is also really amazing. And then that's just kind of been something you've been doing for years now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I kind of, yeah, it, it's, I have a few older tracks that um, I sort of had been working on for a while and then kind of reworked and reworked. And now it's like, it, it's kind of at a point where I, I like, I don't relate to it anymore. So yeah. I'm trying to work on, on newer tracks. Um. Yeah, anything that you're working on that you're working on right now that you that you want to um well, I am working on a kind of a book of guitar etudes um and that's sort of early on in the process, so by the time this airs it probably won't be out anywhere. Um but that um one of the things that I did this past summer was teach guitar lessons. Um and uh, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I've taught in the past, but this was sort of like a uh, kind of a, re- a regular sort of week to week um, gig. Um, but I just wanted to kind of create a set of etudes that were sort of uh, um, influenced by like, you know, I love the Paganini Caprices and just to have something like that on guitar um, written for a guitar would be really cool. So they're all like going to be very virtuosic, but 
um, some of them are, are kind of virtuosic in like unexpected ways. Um, like for example, this one I'm, I'm in the middle of right now. Um, it's all about s stacking complex, uh, complex chords on guitar with like loads of distortion. So a lot of times when you have high gain on an amp and you're, you're playing like anything other than a power chord, it just sounds like garbage, right? It just gets so muddy and um, just disgusting. Um, but then uh, what I'm doing with this, uh, this etude is I'm stacking fifths and fourths because um, those will sort of link kind of reinforce each other because of the harmonic series mm -hmm. so when you stack them together they kind of do this cool thing where they sound actually pretty clear and you just by j different arrangements of fourths and fifths you can create these really cool chords and and then you have uh what i'm doing in this this piece is i have these like uh, microtonal bends so it's sort of you get this kind of really like locked in chord and then you have this one note kind of drift out and you have like these really strong difference tones pop out so it becomes sort of like you know there's like another sort of hidden objective that you start you you kind of sense emerging from the piece and those tones you're talking on. that you're talking about is that kind of like the like that 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 sense of like wavering that happens. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. That kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And to be able to control that, that's, that's neat. Yeah. I mean, influenced by the, by the, yeah, the pocket. I mean, that's like, you know, kind of your young way plus like <laughs> you <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> but, uh, Oh yeah, that's, that's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah, so early stages, so like it's it's Yeah, still... I have the first first two uh done working on the third one. I don't know how many other I'm gonna have. Okay. Um but uh yeah, I'll I'll um put out the music and the notation for it somewhere. Cool, cool. cool. And yeah. I'll have I'll have uh I'll have all your website and stuff like that and on the cool. description people can kinda 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 check up with you and everything. Yeah, so uh, to uh, wrap up our, our time together, um, let's do the obligatory new music icon impression. Do you have an impression for me? I do. Um, so I'm going to give a shout out to a Minnesotan. His name is Bryce Beverlin. And um, this is one of the coolest performances I had ever seen. Uh, and so he's a noise musician. He's been around for a long time. Um, and he studied, I believe he got his doctorate in physics at the University of Minnesota. Um, but I saw him perform for the first time at the Bearded Child Film Festival, which I was involved in with a film. And he gave a performance. So um, he actually, so this was like, com I think it was completely unamplified, right? And he comes... You you just hear somebody like making these like weird mouth sounds, 
from who knows where. Um, and then he starts like walking slowly from the, like the bleacher seatings from the very back. And he's like doing all this weird stuff, like touching his face and making all these mouth sounds. And they just get louder and louder. And the whole time he's just like rubbing his teeth and like doing stuff with his lips and like, just like doing all this weird stuff with his face and gets louder and louder. And it just starts to become like unbelievably like loud. Like, I don't know how he's projecting these weird sounds with his, just his voice and his hands. He gets down to the stage and then, you know, he had been doing this for like, I don't know, good, you know, right now as we're talking, it's kind of in fast forward, but been doing this for a while now. It's this kind of buildup, right? Finally gets on stage and then he starts like doing more like vocalizing. So it's, it's, it becomes like, you know, even louder. He's like not necessarily screaming, but making like very loud projecting sounds. And then um, the lights go out all of a sudden, these strobe lights just start hitting the audience with all these flashing lights. And he just starts like screaming. And again, it's like totally unamplified. And I think there's like a backing track too that he made. It's just like wall of noise, but you can hear him like super loud over everything. And, and then at the same time, he starts like choking himself and screaming at the same time. And there's this like all this, video feedback flashing lights on the screen in back of him it was just so incredible it was like such a powerful performance like i can't even tell you and wait, wait, wait how long ago was this when was this this was like 2009 maybe wow and though and like he, in, in 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 minneapolis in the twin cities that's, yeah that's that's cool Man, I gotta figure out where to see something like that. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm missing that. Uh, awesome. Well, I, I I appreciate I appreciate your time very much. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, it's great to to learn a little bit more about your process and practice, and you know, just you know, I don't know. Like listening to you talk about your music helps me wrap my head around your music. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is great, and that's that's. That's why I'm doing this, to get people's heads wrapped around the weird a little bit. Get your ears weird. That's the thing yeah. I'm supposed to say each time. <laughs> um, so so thank you very much. Um, and, you know, I hope this is uh, this the first the first of uh, of many interactions in the future. Awesome, yeah. yeah.